We're really pleased now to say that the digital take-up has now reached over 75%. So three quarters of the applications submitted are through the Blue Badge Digital Service. The citizen satisfaction rate is now up over 73%, which is fantastic. Local authority satisfaction as well is 78% at the moment, and that's the best we've ever seen. Hello and welcome to the 25 Days of Transformation series, where we talk to industry experts and global brands about the highs and lows of digital transformation. We'll learn from real-world business examples, get first-hand industry insights from the digital experts, and we'll take a deep dive into what trends to look out for in the coming months. I'm Tizzy Philp, Strategic Content Lead here at Valtech, and I'm here to guide you through these conversations and to uncover the latest and greatest in digital. Throughout this series, we've been speaking to global brands about the impact of their transformation on their consumers. That customer experience factor has often been the main driver behind the need to transform. Businesses have recognized the need to stay relevant amidst constantly changing consumer requirements. At the same time, they appreciate the need to offer services that outperform those of their competitors. And when we can change our mind at the click of a button, clearly these brands have to work hard to discourage their users from going elsewhere. But what happens when your users are coming to you from an essential service rather than a quick purchase? The stakes are raised when your customer needs your service and depends on your transformation. Two years ago, we started working for the UK's Department for Transport on digitalising the Blue Badge service. For those less familiar with the Blue Badge, these parking permits enable disabled drivers and passengers to park nearer to where they're going. A fixture of the UK streets for many years, the service currently supports 3 million people. Interestingly, at one point, their service was one of the most complained about within the Department for Transport, a key driving factor behind their overhaul. Today, I'm joined by Rob Thomas, Product and Service Manager for the Blue Badge Digital Service, to discuss the value of digital transformation for public services and how ultimately they have changed lives for the better. So, Rob, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you. It's great to be here. This discussion is going to take a slightly different angle to some of the bigger consumer brand conversations that we've had so far in this series. We're talking about a service that is directly impacting people's lives here and genuinely making a difference to them. So I wondered if we could set the scene a little. Can you explain more about the service and what you wanted to achieve? Yeah, absolutely. So the Blue Badge Scheme is about helping citizens to retain their independence in day-to-day life by enabling them to reach their destinations more easily. Previously, it was, as you say, the most complained about service in the Department for Transport, and it was very slow to evolve and to react to any sort of change. And this came with significant costs to over 200 local authorities who were responsible for administering and helping those citizens with the Blue Badge Scheme at their local levels around the UK. Back then, it was a managed service with each component part managed under one umbrella. So that's the online application route for citizens, the local authority case management systems, and badge production and distribution channels. So DFT made the decision to explore 
redesigning of the managed service setup and decided to split away the citizen and local authority service components from the badge production and distribution service. The Blue Badge Digital Service was then established and was designed using GDS service standards and design principles with, of course, Agile methodology at its core. And I think, Rob, just for those people who aren't familiar with what the GDS service standards are, could you just give us a little rundown on on the GDS service standards? Yeah, absolutely. So that's essentially the guiding principles that all public-facing government services have to abide by in order to provide that service through gov.uk. And it's kind of the the Bible that our development and service delivery team uses on a day-to-day basis when performing the user research, um, building anything in the development phase and releasing that into the live environments. Perfect. Thank you. Clearly with the government service, you are interacting with citizens, you're working with third parties, you're working with so many different groups to integrate the service and to deliver something that works for everyone. So user research is going to be a massive part of that. Let's talk about your investment in user research, something lots of organizations will mention in passing. But for you, this is clearly crucial to delivering a service that completely meets the complex needs of your users. Yeah, absolutely. So The service ultimately serves the citizen applicants who need a straightforward route to apply for a badge that's not overly onerous. There's the local authorities administering the scheme at the local level around the UK who then need a robust and concise set of information presented to them in order for them to take those applications and make a decision um, through them administering the Blue Badge Scheme. And then finally, there's local authority enforcement teams to ensure that both the, the badge misuse and fraudulent behaviours are caught and dealt with appropriately. So that then maintains the service and schemes integrity for those that genuinely need it. We've known since day one that in order to meet the challenging and sometimes conflicting needs of our mm-hmm. users, high quality user research would be key to achieving this. So from the time when the service was first being redesigned, back in 2017, 2018, with its discovery and alpha phases, through to the current day, where we've now moved to a beta phase, continuous improvement commercial model. We maintain and emphasize the need and commitment for qualitative and quantitative user research. Um, The way we do this is by constantly seeking the feedback from citizens, the local authority teams that we use And we use a wide range of uh, methods to do this. So we have the regular surveys and feedback questionnaires that are sent out on daily, weekly, monthly basis. We go to meet the users in person and see how they interact and use our service and then bring those learnings back to our team to make any enhancements or new design features. Then we also have a service desk in place for local authorities and for their case management service providers. Uh, And this is where they can raise new feature requests or requests to enhance current features that we have in the service. And as standard, we continually iterate and improve the service based on all the methods and insights that they provide to us. So it's definitely not delivering something and stepping away. This is a long term, long term thing. 
Yeah. Again, I'm keen to highlight the distinction here between private sector, the large corporates and public sector or government programs when it comes to organizational change on this scale. I think you're the first uh, government organization that we're speaking to as part of this series. These kind of projects require you to align with people from across multiple departments and third parties, like I mentioned before. How do you go about joining up government or joining up systems in that state? Well, when we first started to collaborate with Altec in establishing the Blue Badge digital service, our eyes were really open to some of the tools um, and techniques that are out there and that were available to us. So to mention a few then, we've got Slack and MailChimp, which are some of the communication and collaboration tools that we use. These allow us to communicate with the users via two-way communication channels and provides a means for 206 local authority teams, their enforcement teams, the multiple case management providers, um, as well as the DFT policy team and the, the four nations devolved government teams to establish working relationships and communicate with each other for the first time. Sometimes they've not been in touch with some of their counterparts in different nations or different local authorities. So that's been highly beneficial. Is that surprising or is that something that you see a lot across the government, do you think? I think we are one of the first to to do something on that scale. I think it's certainly something that's been used before, but on this sort of scale, it it really was. Um, it was certainly new to DFT, and I think within central government, it, it was one of the mm-hmm. first times this was done. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, aside from that, we also use a JIRA service desk, as I mentioned just now, and that's for the service support requests or new feature or enhancement requests. Then there's Google Analytics, which we use for monitoring user behavior, and also then Metabase, which um, we can extract and analyze data from. And that enables us to report on a huge range of metrics across the varied stakeholder base with the specific information that they are interested in, which we've not had before. I think on top of that as well, one of the very first things that our team did that we've not seen anywhere else prior to then is to use YouTube, which is a brilliant communication tool in itself, to put together show and tells for local authorities. So as we were going through the iteration and design process, we could then let them know up front and and let them see exactly what we were building. And that was a good way then to gauge their feedback and, and take any sort of insights that they could provide to us to improve it before we even released the the MVP of whatever type of journey that we were working on. Our team actually won first place in the cross-sector digital collaboration at the Digital Leaders 100s Awards last year, which was brilliant. And the recognition that our team really deserved for, for their hard work. And also last year, we won the gold prize and two silver awards at the UK Digital Experience Awards 2019. So, yeah, it's, it's brilliant that they've got the recognition after so much hard work has been put into designing the Blue Badge digital service. Yeah, and huge congratulations on that. I actually remember a period of about six months last year where it was just constant news coming from our UK-based marketing team about, you know, another win, another win, another win, another win. And it just proves the quality and the brilliance of this this service and the system. This extends a bit then. I want to just extend that that former question to being able to join together user research and policy development. Can you talk a little about the challenges and opportunities that you've come across there? Yeah, absolutely. So that's a really good point. So when we were designing the service, we were trying to firstly take the legislation that's in place 
and then build that into our sort of user journeys in a way that our users could firstly understand and and in a way that would draw the information up that's needed for the local authorities. So in addition to that, last year, the FT policy team had introduced new legislation and subsequent policy guidance, and that was for the introduction of hidden disability criteria, and that was introduced in August 2019. We know that the legislation can be quite difficult to understand in the way that it's written, and with our team's vast knowledge and skills and expertise, uh, we could research and build a user journey that meets the legislative requirement, but very importantly, it meets the needs of the citizen users and those local authority users who receive the applications have to make the decision on the citizen's eligibility for a blue badge. So looking to the future then, we do intend to work closely with the policy teams and use our knowledge and experience on the team to assist with the review of the legislation now and really start to help shift the kind of top-down approach to policy setting that we've all been quite used to. And by using the agile methodology and approaches that is the bread and butter of our team to help shape how legislation is actually introduced or how it can be amended for the better of that end user. So in fact, yesterday we actually signed off and agreed with Valtech a review of the guidance to ensure that the hidden disability criteria that was brought in last year is actually meeting the needs of the citizens and the local authorities. So that's quite exciting work that's coming up for for our team in collaboration with DFT policy. Yeah, that is really exciting. And before we go on to talk about the future of the service, I just wondered if you could, I'm sure people listening to this podcast will be interested in what the citizens' feedback has been to the changes to this service. And I wondered whether you had any snippets of feedback that you could provide just to highlight how it's worked from their perspective. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when we first started out um, and we were designing the service, we were in a previous position before the digital service was put in place where the digital uptake and the completion of online applications was only at 37%. And the processing time of a given application from start to end where a local authority makes their decision was at 29 days. And, you know, we're really pleased now to say that the digital take-up has now reached over 75%. So three-quarters of the applications submitted are through the Blue Badge Digital Service. The citizen satisfaction rate is now up over 73%, which is fantastic. Local authority satisfaction as well is 78% at the moment, and that's the best we've ever seen. I, I could keep going with stats. So the online completion rate, <laughs> online completion rate is over eighty percent now. So eighty percent of the citizens who start an application through our service complete and submit that application to their local authority, which is fantastic. That's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, and just to say, the processing times in a sort of unprecedented world where we are now in November 2020, where COVID's been in place and affecting all of our lives for for the last 10 months, the processing times of applications have still remained below the the previous and they're actually at 24 days now. So it's absolutely incredible what's been achieved 
with some really challenging circumstances. It really is. And I had written down those stats as well, that in the four months into the live delivery, the service achieved a change in digital uptake from 37% to 57% and a reduction in processing time from 29 days to 19 days. Like you said, the team also flagged an initial saving of 4.75 million for the local authorities. So with all of those stats in place, with the early successes that you've seen so far, what's on the roadmap that can continue those early achievements? Well, uh, 2021 is certainly going to be a very exciting year for us once again. As I mentioned yesterday, we signed off on a piece of work with Valtech for reviewing legislation and the way in which um, the policy guidance is achieving what it's intended to do. Likewise, yesterday, we also agreed on a piece of work which follows a series of innovation workshops that we've been conducting throughout COVID. We've, we've tried to keep the momentum on iterating and improving the service, even though it's one of the most difficult times the country's ever seen before. But I'm pleased to say that uh, in the coming weeks and months now, we'll be doing a discovery within our service, looking at all of the innovation items that could be built into a roadmap for 2021, 2022, and maybe extended further than that. So the, the benefits that we get out of the way that the service is designed is that now we can, for the first time, integrate with other government services and we can really reduce the sort of red tape, if you like, that some citizens may feel they're subjected to when they have to provide evidence of certain entitlements that they get or mm. just just evidence from their healthcare professionals. So we're really looking now at where we can extend the Blue Badge digital service and really increase the, the social value that it can bring and make the citizen badge holders aware of other government services that either can be integrated and provide us with information that, that will then save the citizen from having to upload documents or other services that may be of benefit to them, which they maybe weren't aware of. And in the background, there's lots of technical sort of advances that we're able to implement now having redesigned the service in the way in which it's designed in its current state. So there's a lot of opportunity and 2021, 2022 is going to be very exciting for our team. You're clearly very passionate about this project, Rob. And I wondered, you know, maybe to leave this podcast for you on a personal level, what has working on this project meant to you? What are your key takeaways, do you think? And what legacy do you hope that this project will have left in UK government, but beyond that too? Yeah, absolutely. I'm. I couldn't be more engaged and just delighted in in the sort of work that I'm able to to help our team output. And I think that the way in which our team is set up now, I think it's kind of leading the way, and certainly within our department, but maybe across other government departments as well, to show how by designing the service in such a way that it can respond and change to any sorts of needs as and when required and the way in which that we can sort of take our technical skills and help to, to shape a digital service in a way that it, it fully meets the, the user needs. I think it's just, it's just so exciting to be part of the journey. And like I say, with all of the innovative items that we're considering for the future of the service, I couldn't be more thrilled to be working with the team that I'm working with now. And the work that we do on a daily basis is really um fulfilling and it brings great personal satisfaction to be able to to be part of something that's making such a big difference to to citizens and to to the local authorities 
Yeah, and something to be incredibly proud of. I know that we are incredibly proud to have been part of it as well. Rob, thank you so much for joining us. What a great chat. And I'm sure there'll be lots of people who'll be interested to find out more about the DFT Blue Badge Project. Maybe we could bring you back for another conversation at some point because it feels like we've only just scratched the surface of the service. But best of luck with 2021 and everything that it's going to bring. Fingers crossed for more successes. Thank you very much. Yeah, and it would be a pleasure to come back and discuss the sort of journey that we're on in a couple of months' time and to to give a little update to, to the listeners. Amazing. You're booked. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you All very right. much. Speak to you soon. Thanks, Rob. Thank you. Goodbye. You've been listening to the 25 Days of Transformation series from Valtech Cafe. If you enjoyed this podcast, then why not subscribe and keep up to date with all of the episodes in this series and a whole host of insights from the Valtech Cafe back catalogue. And if you'd like more information about what we do or to get in touch, why not visit us at valtech.com to find out the details. Until next time, thanks for listening.